Hello. Thank you for coming to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, which is made for creatives who are marketing their work online. This is season six, episode 106. I'm your host, Helen Perry. And today we welcome back a friend of the show. Sarah Rossi is one of the best things on the internet, in my opinion. Through her blog, Instagram and TikTok accounts, Taming Twins, she dedicates herself to answering the question, what's for dinner? Serving up simple, affordable cooking ideas that are in a small and meaningful, I mean, what is better than food, way, improving the lives of her followers. I have had this amazing growth phase and I feel like I've aligned my val- like my business a lot more with my values of like, doing something useful and positive in the world. I mean, I'm not saving lives, but, uh, you know, just to make people's lives genuinely a little bit easier has been very meaningful to me. I want some slightly more mean- personally meaningful goals in terms of aligning my business with my life. So just keeping in mind that um, I'm serving my audience, but also how to make that sustainable. Last time Sarah was on the show, we talked about how she's hugely grown her social media following in the past couple of years, massively from tens to hundreds of thousands of followers. This time, she's back to talk about the book she's published off the back of her hard work and what she's found matters most, really, when you've done the job of big growth, of ticking that box. What do you find then is most important to you? We also chat about email marketing, book writing, food tasting and more. I began by asking Sarah what it feels like to be a published author. Do you know what? I was so focused in the process of writing it and trying to do a good job that I did you see the video when I unboxed it and the actual book came? That was the first time that it felt kind of real. I think you were a little bit tearful. I think I did see it. Is that right? Yeah, there was. Yeah, do you know what? A release. My publisher said, "Yeah, my publisher said, um, oh, I, I bet you'll cry.'" And I was like, "No, you know, I've been just working so hard on this, and it'll be you. That won't happen." <laughs> then they said, "Well, just set up a camera." <laughs> then obviously, I was just sobbing. I think you know, it was. It's such an amazing thing to uh, have a book deal, and then I was just, as I say, really focused on doing a great job and testing these recipes. It's just you know, um, me and the children eating the recipes and giving me harsh reviews <laughs> and suddenly you have an actual book and I think that, like I say that's the first time it felt real and then also actually publication date was um, a few weeks ago and seeing people get the book and using it and just genuinely saying this has made my life easier that for me was the moment that was really meaningful. I got it last week and uh, it, I don't know if it's the title, but the kids sort of grabbed it, actually. Both of them started. I mean, they are fairly interested in their stomachs, but they both had a look at what, you know, they're like, what should we be, what should we be having out of this? Henry's identified chocolate fudge brownie. No, cookies, chocolate fudge cookies. That's what he wants to make first. Yeah, those are really, I'm going to make some of those later. <laughs> are you? There you go. And you just, you mentioned who tests your recipes. Is it the, the children? Yes, I feel like all of the recipes need to pass the family-friendly tests. And I would say mine are fairly harsh. (laughs) They're very honest about the recipes. Um, Actually, George used to give reviews on Instagram stories of my recipes when I cooked them. We haven't done that so much lately, but he he used to give reviews that people loved. Um, 
Yeah, I I cook them first. I devise them. I cook them. I also have um, a freelance lady called um, Debbie who works for me, who is a qualified chef and nutritionist, and she then retests and she gives me great feedback. Yeah, that's been a really interesting process and really positive. So I test them uh, at least once or twice, <clears throat> sometimes more, sometimes many times more, and then Debbie tests them as well. And then um, some of the other people that work for me freelance will often do other tests and sometimes my uh, stepchildren who are in their 20s will do tests as well so yeah it's a good process I think it's really important especially where I'm trying to keep recipes really simple I think it's really important to make sure they will work for everybody Um, and there's certain things I do because I cook all the time that maybe if it's not your day job you wouldn't be doing so I think it's really important to test for that as well. How long does it take to get a recipe from an idea in your head sort of out into the world then if you're going through this testing procedure? Um, I think it it depends when that recipe comes to me honestly I get these ideas all the time sometimes I'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning think oh I've got this great idea what about if I put sausage and tortellini in a and I'll just and I have to make a note of it um I think it that's a good question but it basically depends for me where it fits in that recipe as opposed to how long it takes to test so I'm always thinking about my um content plans I'm always thinking about what's going on the blog what's going on Instagram what's going on TikTok and I'll talk more about that in a second about how I split those things if you'd like but and also now what's going into books so I've constantly got like all these moving Jenga pieces in my brain of what's going to be helpful to an audience where and so I have a list of all of those random ideas that come at 3am and then um, maybe once a month I will sit down and try and plan out the coming weeks or hopefully a bit further ahead and that's when I try and fit all of those recipes in And then combined with that, if they're going online, we're also always thinking about how they're working for Google and whether they're SEO relevant and searchable. Um, And then just generally thinking about having a good content plan for the whole site. So have I got a good spread of like vegetarian recipes and pork and meat and whatever. Uh, And also just thinking generally about what the current um feeling is online um so obviously at the moment a lot of people are struggling financially with their grocery bills so we're obviously very conscious of that at the moment and people are trying to eat less meat so we're very conscious of that and just taking all of those things into account and that's when the recipe (laughs) ends up being made for the first time so actually there's quite a lot of planning and work in a recipe before it even makes it to the kitchen it really is like listening to you it's like it's running a media empire a mini media empire <laughs> maybe a maxi media empire at some point but you soon. do get sausage tortellini is. at the end so. <laughs> <laughs> the best empire imaginable yeah, benefit. <laughs> um i feel like we need to recap a little bit sarah because you came onto the podcast around a year ago and told us the story of how You have been blogging for many years, but there's been a sea change in the last couple of years in terms of the size and reach and scope of your audience. Can you kind of like bring us up to speed in a couple of minutes in your, uh, you know, what's happened in your career in the last couple of years? So I, I had, I'd had a blog for quite a long time and I had made a change some years before to move away from sponsored content by brands to try and focus on um, display ads on my site. So I I 
wanted to move my business to a place where my sole purpose was creating content that was as useful as possible and the benefit was that my audience would get all those recipes for free and it would make their life easier and for me it meant that I didn't have clients to deal with which is always nice (laughs) and I wasn't feeling like I was continually selling something which for me just doesn't feel great. And so the display ads, just in case anyone isn't aware, are the things, you know, when you go onto a web page and you see boxes of ads and often they will be retargeting. So if you've been looking at, I don't know, shoes, you will see ads for shoes. And so each time someone comes to my site, I make a part of a penny from that and that's how I run my business. And so I moved from the sponsored work to that and I tried to grow the traffic to the site. And I did that through lots of areas, but mainly through Google SEO so that... um, when you search for chicken kebabs or lemon drizzle cake, my post would come up, I would get the views, great. And the traffic was building and building. And it's a much better way for me personally to run my business because like I say, I felt like I wasn't having to sell products in a sponsored post way. And then in, where are we now? 2023? In the autumn of 2021, a book publisher got in touch with me. And I've said this before online, but if I'm really honest, I uh wasn't <laughs> I wasn't desperate to write a book that sounds a bit churlish but I was so genuinely grateful to have made this business that ran online that was flexible and was literally is is my job is to create stuff people will like and that's just like that's just so fun <laughs> and it's something I feel really passionate about and make a difference to people day to day in my own small way But then a book publisher got in touch with me and they were a massive book publisher. And I thought, "Mm, okay, well, I should probably, like, this is really big. I think I'll say yes. (laughs) Well, I didn't, yeah, I, it wasn't actually that an easy decision. And because then actually another publisher, two other publishers got in touch, there were three. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this, this could be a real thing. They obviously think I can do something here. And the first one I had a meeting with said, we'd really like to work with you, but we'd like you to have more Instagram followers. And I think at that point I had maybe... 50, 60,000 Instagram followers. And something happened at that meeting and I just, it kind of spurred me into action because I thought, I, even if I don't do a book, I want to be good enough to be doing a book. If that makes sense? <laughs> like that for me was a real catalyst. I looked at what I was doing online and I looked at um, the general trends, especially TikTok, because I feel like TikTok is a bit ahead of Instagram. And I looked at like the, the general trends that were going on. And I basically realised that all the content I'd been creating was what I thought was useful, as opposed to what everybody else needs. And I really honed in on what question I could be of use answering to my audience. And for me, that was what's for dinner. Hence the book name. <laughs> And so I, I focused everything I did, all my content online, towards helping busy people answer what's for dinner. So um, the recipes were all quick. They were all really easily achievable. And also they didn't take a lot of brain space because when you're busy, I don't know about you, but I get to like six o'clock and look in the fridge and I, I don't want to think about anything that's too complicated. Also family friendly and all of these things. And so every piece of content I started to make, I honed in on that question and tried to get better at answering that. 
learn a lot made loads of videos and it so really worked also the, just you know yeah. to skip to, to skip to the results I mean it really 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 worked you had 50,000 yeah, Instagram did. followers then let's have a little look what it stands at today uh, I have a feeling it's around 330,000 I looked the other day 335,000 followers on Instagram <laughs> as a result of that policy change what about TikTok TikTok's the same. TikTok's at three hundred thousand. Um, they're very different, and I've learned a lot. Let's go. Let's go there. What's different between publishing on TikTok and Instagram? I think the key point, which is what I've just been talking about to you, of of putting your user first, is the same across all of those platforms. I think the difference is how the audience on that platform wants to consume the content. And some of the trends are, and and that's trend led, I think. So on um, in in the last year on Instagram, I've done a lot of short form video content, real short form video content, very punchy, very quick, hands in pans, we call it. You know, camera down. If you've seen the videos, you obviously see. We've done a lot of that. It's worked very well. People have had a very short attention span. There's obviously reels were relatively new um at that time and so there's a I feel there was a slight novelty factor of swiping through and seeing that video and keeping people's attention with a lot of quick content what's happened on TikTok it was the same um obviously TikTok had other things going on like dancing and things which I definitely didn't do don't worry about that (laughs) um and I think what I've seen on TikTok in the last year is it personality counts and and I'll be totally honest with you, I'm not very good at doing this on TikTok at the moment. And actually, I feel like my growth has slowed down there slightly. You see, I would say your personality, because I, I don't spend a lot of time, time on TikTok, but your personality comes over really well on Instagram, I would say. You, you're, but you're yeah, not you're think, not finding it as easy to to do on TikTok. It's not How, it's how's not it different? Easy. It's that I've, well, it's just that I've got a limited amount of hours in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think what I should be doing, we, anyone who who is really serious about growing on TikTok, is using TikTok like we use Instagram stories. And I'm really interested and that's my thought process for like the next 12 months. So that that real like personal connection where when you're scrolling through TikTok, you almost feel like you're on FaceTime with a friend. And I think I've seen accounts that have that kind of presence do really well. And so for me, talking about what I'm going to do to move on with that trend is I think I need to show my face a bit more (laughs) um whether that might put people off Helen I don't know but just to um just to be more like forward focusing with TikTok I think that is um going to be and it is it is definitely less polished reels are quite polished a lot of reels are quite. A lot of reels I see are quite. But if we they look quite good looking. Through, if, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we follow that trend through from TikTok, at some point, people will get very exhausted of those reels, and they will want either slightly longer form content or they will want more um, depth of personality. For me, I'm not sure where that sits between that like, Instagram stories and reels. Mm. So I think we'll see how that pans out. But I'm just very aware of that. I'm very conscious. Um, and also in both of those 
context that it's about having a connection with your audience isn't it and I think we're consuming like more and more content all the time and so to feel you're connecting with someone is is really um important I think and will become more so you're very good at this Helen like in your um reels you do explaining about products and things your your personality comes across with warmth and I think that's um, a, a human connection through Instagram I think will make a big difference as it does on TikTok thank you that's a nice compliment I think with broadcasting on Instagram wherever it might be I think in order to achieve that kind of connection you have to really try and come from a place of like this is not about me and I know that's been your whole ethos with your giving you know sharing your eating Mm. but it's like it's trying to trying to really not think about what you look like really not think about what your voice sounds like and really think about what how you're trying to talk to someone in a way that you would like we're talking to each other now or like if we were in a coffee shop or whatever and it's quite a hard place to get to I think especially if you have no experience I mean some people are great at it naturally but for a lot of people it will take time and pain probably (laughs) to get there but if you can if you can shed all of your like what do I look like feelings and am I a bit being a bit of a dick here then you can be better yeah I mean not to get too deep about the emotion behind it but I think you also need to ask yourself why you feel like that like are you worried about comparison are you worried about someone saying oh look at her you know she obviously thinks she's great and something like because if those people have got time to watch you and say that they're not your audience they're not going to be the people that are like using your website or buying your product or whatever um I seem to have like missed that gene I don't know (laughs) I I maybe I just like talking too much I think that might be the problem but um but maybe also d- yeah. you're so god Sarah you're so good at so many aspects of this stuff that if there's one bit that if there's one bit that you find slightly less that less natural than the rest of it then that just makes you human I don't know do you know what I want to ask you <laughs> this time you know this time last time we spoke um you, you it was all about the audience growth on these platforms which it now becomes clear yes. was to help support publishing ambitions um but you weren't really feeding that traffic back to your website at that time that wasn't your focus you were like it's all about the platforms and about serving people as well as I possibly can there is that now driving traffic back to your website and therefore income into your bank account now is that happening yeah I think I think we talked about it on the last podcast but I did I was very aware of the fact that making more content was costing me um, time and money and so it did need to feed back at some point because a book wasn't going to fund that long term and also it was um not a definite at that point so I was I was I I was vaguely I had a feeling that I needed to give this everything for six months and see if it grew the traffic but I, I mean you know what it's like when you're doing something online some of it is just a leap of faith you do have to try things and give it a go for a few months and see how it pans out and that's what I did and yes you're right it did it has really increased my so I think my traffic so my traffic in 2022 I had 17 million views on the website and I think the year before it was 12 million so holy holy shit (laughs) 
Oh my God, that is loads. So five million more visits to the website. Yeah. And it's interesting because I can't actually track all of that back to Instagram because I think what happens is as your audience grows through social, someone builds a relationship with me online with us and then they're Googling for the recipes. And so it's it's actually quite difficult with all the Google Analytics digging that I do, it's still quite difficult to actually pinpoint how much of that is down to social. I mean, my social traffic has gone up and we've also been working on email, which I'm obviously going to talk to you about today as well. Um, because Before, I don't, I really, sorry. No, I, just, I think it's really important to not put too many eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah. Mind. So I've done a lot of work on Google SEO. I continue to work on that all. That's the core of my business. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because this is, this is not an area of expertise for me. Uh, and it's you clearly recognise how important it is that people find your website. If somebody isn't focusing on SEO and feel it would be important for them to have more people finding their website, where do you start with it, Sarah? Do you do this for yourself or do you have help with it? Um, so the there's been a lot of changes around SEO in the years that I've been doing this, which is nearly 10 years and I think just to do some reading and start by just understanding the key principles of good SEO, that's a difference between like um, search engine optimization and good search engine optimization. Because now Google, Google wants to serve its user in the same way that I've been talking to you about serving my user. So Google wants to serve up good content to people as opposed to what we used to do eight or nine years ago, which was basically put as many words. So if I wanted to rank for a lemon drizzle cake, I put lemon drizzle cake, you know, 50 times in a post. That's not the way we work anymore. So to just do some reading around that to understand the principles, I think is a really good start. Um, If someone was starting out, I would say two things. Um, One, really drill down into what you want to achieve from it like if you're selling a product from I mean I don't know a huge amount about SEO for selling products because it's not what I do but if you are trying to sell a product or um, use SEO to sell a product I think you really need to be strategic about your SEO so you, those goals will be very different to just getting as many people as you want to your website um and just just think about what you want to try and get out of it, as we always do. What is our end goal with me doing a hundred videos a year on Instagram, or what is your goal with your SEO visit to sell things? And then my other, um, the thing I would do if I was starting out is to to do an SEO course online, which is what I did. There's one um, called Cooking with Keywords, which is an American lady that I think is really good um that is a food blog on but I think she does a general one as well and that's been really helpful to me and um there's another one called hashtag Jeff who is an American like membership site which is really useful so yeah just to learn as much as you can I think is a really good start there will be when you ask do we do it ourselves I'm creating content all day like every day online so yes I do it myself well sorry I do it myself in conjunction with Claire who works for me who does some um uh, like content creation for me with their blog posts so she puts it all into WordPress for me now and that lets me produce more content 
I think there will always be people who will say, I can make your website rank. I can make your website come number one on Google. I, I am telling you that like, this is rubbish. That is not how it works unless you're paying for ads. And even then, as you know, you can't like guarantee that. No one can make that happen. What you can do is you can, every time you work on content on your website, think about the SEO in the background and think about where it's going and what you're trying to achieve from it. Yeah. If you're getting help, you need somebody who understands your business, understands your work and understands what you would like to do with it. But also is just really honest about about how Google works yeah. and the limitations of Google. Like it, it it's exact you know, you you can't you know what it's like if someone says to you on Instagram, I can get you a hundred thousand followers next week. Like we all know this is not gonna be true. It's the same with Google, but for some reason people seem to buy into it a bit more with Google. I don't know. Maybe it's because we don't realize how it's working and just also to understand that it's like an ongoing process google changes every day there's big changes a couple of times a year and if i write a post one day about chicken kebabs and then next week someone writes one that's better that's also affecting where you're appearing on google so it's a moving feast it's not an easy process um, but the the principles which are to be as useful to your user as possible along with some technical parts of writing online are so worth investing time in for me because um I mean it's it's working when I'm asleep that's amazing isn't it if someone types something into google my website comes up that is such a good use of my time but again my first point you need to think about where that fits in with your business and what you're trying to achieve and so, it's not a quick fix <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and and honest truth it's got to what people find at the end of that click has got to be worth reading otherwise it's doing nothing for you at all um yeah what's the taming tweet twit the what is the taming <laughs> twins team like now who's involved in the business you've mentioned a couple <laughs> of people while we've been talking um so Claire works on blog posts for me. She's amazing. Um, and so she's also working on the SEO side of things. And as I, I talked about at the start, like when we're thinking about new recipes we're going to make, we've always slightly got the SEO in in the back of our minds along with everything else. So there's Claire. Um, Miranda helps me on social media with scheduling and things as well Debbie does the uh, testing for me which we talked about earlier and then Anna who some of you may have seen <laughs> who happens to be my best friend as well she also works for me a couple of days a week um, she does lots of our um, Facebook uh, scheduling and things and also helps me in the kitchen with testing and filming and photographing so I'll say what do you what do you you know on a reel like we we talked before in the last podcast about how we want to get the first two seconds to be really amazing and so we spend a lot of time saying things like do you think this is good enough for the first two seconds like is it good enough is that drizzle good enough and then sometimes she'll look at me and be like, it's not good enough we need to do another one <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I did stumble across the live that you did one evening with Anna just after the book had come out or just before. I can't remember what you were cooking at the yeah. time. It was lovely to see. I mean, is it is it a risk bringing your best friend and that relationship into your business or is it working really nicely? Um, I think it works really nice. I mean, you might need to ask her as well. She might say. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think 
I think it works really nicely. I can't talk about anyone else's relationship and whether it would or not. But it's for me, it's been really amazing and a real joy to work with someone who not only understands that I am a total like nerd over whether a piece of parsley is in the right place <laughs> on a finished dish. Um, but also just, yeah, I really respect what she's done for my business as well. She's really, really helped me grow. I think there's also something that comes from working with a friend where in this book, the first book, we were testing recipes and at the end it was very hard work. We were on a very tight deadline and she was so supportive of me at a time where I was just like, this is so hard. So we did in the book, there's um, shopping lists at the front of the book. So the idea is that you can... um, you can go to the shops and have your meal plan done for the whole week with your shopping list. But the logistics of writing these and checking these was so hard. And there were some nights about 10 o'clock, she was still with me and she's come on, you know, like, this is why you're doing this because it's so good. And this is why we're doing this because it's so hard for everyone to do this on a Sunday night for their own shopping. So, you know, she just really spurred me on and I was really grateful. And I'm not sure whether if she hadn't been my friend as well, maybe that would be a different relationship so I'm very grateful for what she's brought to my business oh hi Anna you're listening (laughs) um so you've moved on or not moved on you've shifted your focus this year I know that you would like to spend more time um growing your email list like why is that the 2023 priority and how are you planning to do it that's what I'm really interested in um a few reasons. Obviously, we talked earlier about when I shifted to focus on SEO. So I feel like I've had a good run at that. I've kind of, I don't want to say I've got that nailed because you never quite know. And then obviously, I've had a shift to TikTok and Instagram. And I've really focused on those. I feel like I've been through quite a big growth phase there. And I've kind of tr- got to a point where I really understand my audience there. And and all of those, as well as Facebook, are are driving traffic to my website and obviously have allowed me to have a book deal and sell books which is amazing um and then the email is the one that I haven't quite tapped into so that's I feel like I haven't quite um utilized it as much as I could you must have an email list at the moment though right yeah yeah there's about 50,000 people on it at the moment oh just a little one um (laughs) (laughs) and are, are you are you emailing them regularly at all Yes. So when I say I hadn't used it, it, they are getting emails at the moment. They get an email when uh, a new blog post goes out, which is fine. I mean, that serves its purpose. It's fine. And actually that list in the last year has grown from, um, I think it was maybe 15,000 to about, it's nearly 50 at the moment. Um, And that has grown uh, through I don't want to say like organically but almost like just through like I've said like just being so useful yeah just be and and just an increase in traffic through the website where there is an opportunity to sign up presumably that's where they're they're signing up yeah yeah and there's a banner at the top and we um you know when you sign up you get a, a free batch cooking guide so I've done like the minimum that I could be doing with it I don't want to say I haven't used it but a couple of things occurred to me in in March, I don't know whether we talked about this before, but in March 2021, my Instagram account got hacked and I lost it, just disappeared overnight. <clears throat> I don't think we did. I didn't know that, that. Yeah. Scary. It was three. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, at the moment, at, sorry, at that time rather, it was a lot smaller. So it mm. wasn't. But still, it's a, it was really stressful. 
Yeah, no, but no, it but you. Really the, the thought of the thought. I think what makes me feel sick to my stomach is the thought of having to start again from whatever number of followers mm. you've got. The the, the 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 kind of like ground yeah, exactly. ground level effort that you've put into gathering that audience. The thought of going back to the beginning on that just oh, it's yeah, just exactly. no. And and also like the meaningful connections that you make on Instagram. The thought of like not being able to find those. You know, I felt that to me, it felt a very personal place. Um, so that was a real wake up call to me as well. I mean, that was quite a long time ago and I still haven't quite done the emails, but you know, you can only do what you can at one time. Um, that was a wake up call and I've seen the same thing happen to other people recently and for all, and I did everything, you know, I had all the two factor authentication on, I had done everything that I should have done. And so I'm very aware of that. I'm also aware of the fact that Google changes its algorithm you know hugely a few times a year I could lose a lot of my rankings and that's again I'm I'm both of those or TikTok or Facebook any kind of social and Google are putting the fate of my business in their hands and I feel like that's not a great place to be if you're looking at your business long term so that's one of the reasons I want to grow my email list two I just think there's a scope for me to be genuinely useful there as well so as I say, at the moment, we're sending out uh, the content that goes onto my blog. So normally one new recipe a week and we're just starting to move to one free. So there's meal plans in the book, but there's also free meal plans on my website and one of those a week. And uh, the, the goal of that, again, being to be really useful. So they come out on an RSS feed. It was a it was used a lot years and years ago and it's when um, a website publishes a new piece of content so on a blog that's a blog post and there's settings in most mail systems like MailChimp whatever where it will you can set up a template and it will automatically send an email when there's a new piece of RSS content on your website and so we do that so those emails go automatically they're fine I think I think that if I'm going to try and grow my email list I have got to offer something more valuable and something special in the emails that you're not getting elsewhere so what are the ideas for being valuable there at the moment the benefit is that you get to see the content before it comes onto Instagram so in itself hopefully that's quite a nice place to be and we are moving our content calendar to try and really take account of that so that the emails go out say on a Thursday and then you would start to see recipes online on a Monday so if you want to go shopping for your meal plan you've got that in advance if you're getting it on an email and that's that's the sort of like general move we're making just to try and give you something useful earlier in your inbox and then the other thing we're going to do which is a huge change for me and I, I, this isn't quite going yet but we're getting there with templates is those meal plans I share online are always on a blog post and I just thought if I want people to sign up to an email list, I've got to give something that's really good, like that's genuinely making your life better in those emails. And so we're going to move to making it so um, you don't have to click to go to the blog post. So it sounds like a small change, but we're going to make it so that the whole meal plan is in an email. So you'll get it into your inbox and you'll see all the recipes for the week. And then if you want the shopping list, you can still click over to the blog. But the idea is then that if you want those recipes during the week, you can keep the email in your inbox and you've just got them all there like a shortcut. 
And I hope people will find that useful and I will obviously be taking on feedback afterwards and seeing if that is a positive move. Um, What's the cost benefit to you in terms of people not going to your website and not seeing those ads, but having more people on your mailing list? Are you hoping to sell those people more things? More? Have you got pr- other product ideas other than the blog and the book? No, I want to have some sleep sometimes. <laughs> No, I no, I don't at the moment is the short answer. In terms of the actual uh, output from it, I don't know yet is the short answer. I think people people will still be clicking on the recipes, which generate me income. And I think like we've talked about with the social media content and with SEO, at some point with these things, you have to take a leap of faith online and think, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to do it for six months. We'll see how what the impact is. But I just, I really feel in online businesses, if you're asking people to do something, which in this case is me saying to sign up to my mailing list, you've got to be giving them something worth doing. So for me, the long-term benefit of having people on the email list. Um, you've got them. You've you know, got that. You, you can up. you can keep in touch. That you know they that that's yeah, another another place. And I don't get one click from that one email. There's going to be another click hopefully coming from them every week on a Tuesday when a new a new recipe comes out and I think you've got to be fair with your audience and I hope that sort of balances things out um yeah but the the overall goal is just a way of reaching my audience that doesn't rely on Google or social and that's why my focus is email I got a glimpse of uh overwhelm from you there I'd like to have some sleep at some point I mean are you okay (laughs) are you I am do you know what this this is a good day to ask me because I'm actually working on book two and um I've got one more recipe to test for it so this is a good day if you'd asked me last week it was all a lot of work uh I think I'm fine. I've worked very hard over the last 18 months, but I'm so aware of what a privilege it is to be able to do this job and how much I love it and the amazing messages I get from people. Um, But, and we talked about this in the podcast before, I have spent like, I am not suggesting that people should spend like 60 or 80 hours a week on creating content like I did over a period of time. But, you know, there are times that your business is in a growth phase and you you just if that's what you want you there's not an easy way to do it is there um has it exceeded your sustainable long term (laughs) has it exceeded your ambitions or were you just like let's see what happens let's see where we can take this or have you got even bigger goals and ambitions for the business I think they're around what you just said about about um, kind of burnout and overwhelm that I have had this amazing growth phase and I feel like I've aligned my val- like my business a lot more with my values of like, doing something useful and positive in the world. I mean, I'm not saving lives, but, uh, you know, just to make people's lives genuinely a little bit easier has been very meaningful to me. And so I think I've tried to move my goals a bit less, a bit away from numbers. So last year, my goal was to have I think I talked to you about this one, but to have 100,000 followers on Instagram and 100,000 on TikTok and to have 15 million blog views. And so I, it was like 300,000, 300,000 and 17 million. And I was like, this, you know, this is amazing. And this year I've just had a slight seed change to think, 
what I want some slightly more mean personally meaningful goals in terms of aligning my business with my life and yeah so just keeping in mind that um I'm serving my audience but also how to make that sustainable so yeah that's my goal going forward I think oh I think I think you're you hit the nail on the head talking about different periods in your business or sometimes people refer to them as seasons where it's growth and then you'll hit a point you'll hit a point and you'll go oh oh, hold on a minute let's not keep going let's just take it in a slightly different direction so that we don't get too far away from our values what we started this for in the first place what you you know what kind of home life you wanted to have and uh, that's a good thing about having your best friend in the business you see her a lot <laughs> no matter how hard no matter how hard you're working but you know there's always going to be these readjustments it's just part of the journey isn't it yeah and I also think the more you get into it about really listening to your audience that that changes your um for me anyway it can change your business goals because I've seen what a huge difference something as simple as you know, having a really accessible recipe for dinner in the night can make for dinner at night rather can make to people, and that's just reminded me that that it should be at the core of everything I do and making that easily accessible. Yeah, um, it's lovely. I went, I stayed over at a friend's in. Um, uh, we, we drove to Bromley and Kent, and as we or Saturday night and the Sunday morning, we left, and she had something in the slow cooker, and I was like, "Oh, you do that, do you?" In the slow cooker, and she went. <gasps> yes there's this woman on the internet called taming twins i was like i know who you mean but you know what like you are like in people's homes in in their houses and you know making a little difference on sunday it's amazing it's a really privileged position to be in and i'll never forget that that's why i'm you know really conscious of doing a good job all the time so that's why i'm going to test 12 recipes now right i'll leave you to it it's uh it's no. time thank you uh you know we'll do it again one day I'll deliver some for lunch for you oh thank you <laughs> um and some of that that fudge and the thing with the mini eggs in anyway uh it's been an absolute joy to speak to you again so thank you so much for your time and well done congratulations on it on it all Okay, so if you want more Sarah Rossi, I have linked to the last chat we had in the show notes, which is a lot more about social media content, what goes viral and gets you new followers. And you'll also find the link to her book, What's for Dinner. If you'd like to support the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. They make my heart sing and help new listeners to find us. You can also share it with your friends on Instagram. I'll be back next week with another bloody great guest. Thank you always for listening. Bye.